from Las Vegas. You're listening to Verve Church for people who don't like church. Thanks for tuning in. And if you're a Spider-Man fan, you are so, so excited for Spider-Man No Way Home. My son, who is now 23, grew up Spider-Man crazy. His room was all Spider-Man. He wore Spider-Man shirts, uh, Spider-Man glasses. He got to meet Spider-Man. He wore a Spider-Man shirt on the first day of school. He wore a Spider-Man cape. He dressed like Spider-Man on Halloween, and he even dressed his little sister like Spider-Man. So, did we buy tickets for No Way Home in advance and go right away when it came out? Yep. Spider-Man No Way Home picks up uh, where the last movie, Spider-Man Far From Home, left off. J. Jonah Jameson claims that Spider-Man is a villain, not a hero. And some people buy it. And he's accusing Spider-Man of killing the seemingly heroic Mysterio. And he has revealed Spidey's secret identity that he is actually Peter Parker. Well, uh, news crews and protesters and a bunch of curious New Yorkers start swarming college-bound Peter and his friends everywhere they go. And because of all of that, Uh, controversial publicity, prestigious MIT refuses to even consider Peter's application or his girlfriend MJ's or his best friend Ned's. In desperation, Peter decides to seek out Dr. Strange and ask for a teeny weeny favor. Could you just upend the entire universe just for him? Uh, Doctor Strange, if you don't know, is a Marvel Universe wizard superhero who can cast spells. And Spider-Man goes to me and asks, "Hey, Doctor Strange, could you could you could you rewind time just a bit? Or if not, maybe you could uh, maybe you could cast a spell that might make everyone forget that I am Spider-Man." Strange reluctantly agrees to do it, but the spell goes awry. Uh, It turns out it brings Spidey villains from other universes to this one. Suddenly, here's Green Goblin and Doc Ock and Electro and Lizard and Sandman. Now, you can't bring a bunch of really bad guys into your universe and not do something about it, right? They're going to create problems, lots of problems. Well, Doctor Strange figures out a solution. He uh, tells Spider-Man, if you can capture these supervillains, I can send them back to their own universes with a literal push of a button. Which, cool, right? But... If you send these supervillains back to their own universes, they'll die. Which, cool, right? Strange tells Peter Parker, he says, it's their fate. You can't change that any more than you can change who they are. 
but Peter's Aunt May disagrees. Uh, Aunt May runs a charity that's built on the belief that people can and do change. And she tells Peter that he has to give these supervillains a second chance. She says, this is what we do. We help people. So instead of following the advice of his fellow Avenger, Dr. Strange, Peter decides to try to help the supervillains. He tells Dr. Strange, everyone deserves a second chance. It's uh, that's quite a decision. It is a decision wrought with danger and no spoilers, but Peter Parker pays a huge price for making that decision. So why make it? Well, as Aunt May said, this is what we do. We help people. And people need help. You know, it's interesting that the villains, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Sandman, they are villains. They are evil. But many of them have uh, pretty tragic origin stories. Otto Octavius was a brilliant and well-meaning scientist before his techno-tentacles took over. Uh, Norman Osborn went insane and became the Green Goblin because of an experiment gone wrong. Uh, Sandman originally turned to a life of crime to pay for medical treatments for his daughter. Now, that's not to say that they're blameless. They, They probably had problems and made bad decisions before they turned to super-powered evil, and, and pride played a part in their fall, but they weren't just born bad. And life twisted them. And isn't that the way it is with us? You know, it's the interesting thing about superhero movies. When we watch, most of us put ourselves in the shoes of the hero, right? We, we think we're more likely to save the world then ruin it. And and maybe that's true. But honestly, I think most of us share more in common with the villains than we want to admit. Like the villains, we sometimes turn our backs on important things to run after things we shouldn't. And uh, bad upbringings can fracture us. And Torn relationships can tear us. Life uh, isn't fair sometimes, and we can seek vengeance on those who've done us wrong or, or rage against circumstances uh, beyond our control or, uh, you know, whatever. Our version of evil is probably not as drastic or obvious as Electro or Green Goblin, but the truth is, Our souls can get messy and and we can move further and further from who God created us to be. And we we can hurt innocent people, people we love. And if we're just being honest, sometimes when we fall, we like where we land. 
And that's what happens to the villains in No Way Home. So Peter offers to give them a second chance to, to help them change. And without exception, none of them want Peter's help. Doc Ock's tentacles enjoy being in control of Otto. Uh, Osborne and uh, Green Goblin have a sort of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde relationship. And the Goblin often has the upper hand. Uh, Electro loves the power he can draw from this new universe. And we could judge them if we weren't just like them. I mean, if you've had or have addiction issues, you know how difficult they can be to shake. And when you're having issues with a person, you know how hard it can be to let go of your anger or resentment. And like these supervillains, sometimes it feels like those negative parts of us make us stronger, right? We we feel powerful when we rage. We, We feel like we're in control when we scheme. We feel better when we use drugs or or more at peace when we drink. And temptation wouldn't tempt us if it didn't have its own twisted element of beauty, right? And listen, we can change, but we have to want to change. That, the good news is we can change. The interesting news is we got to want to. So in, in the Bible, um, we read this. It says, oh, Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. For all who ask for your help. If we do, if if we ask for God's help, if we want to change, we can. We can change. That's what Christianity is built on. The idea that if we turn to Jesus, we can die to our old lives, to our old bad selves and become something new, something better. Um, Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We can have a second chance. In in no way home, uh, Dr. Strange kind of takes a stand for judgment, for what should happen based on these bad guys and the bad things they've done, right? They should get what they deserve. And and it's not really like he's vindictive. He he just believes that there's rules. There's wrong and there's right. They did wrong. And what's right is for them to pay for their wrong. They should suffer for what they've done, which it makes sense, right? Not just for movie villains, for, for real people in the, the real world. God created us to be his children. He, he put wrong and right in the world. If we do wrong, we're wrong and we should pay. We should be punished. That's just the way it works. Except it doesn't work that way. Or it doesn't have to because of Jesus. Jesus came and did us a teeny weeny favor. He upended the entire universe just for you.
He stepped out of heaven and into our world. It was a decision wrought with danger. And he paid a huge price for making that decision. Jesus, he, uh, it's, like, it's like he stepped in front of the firing squad. Like he sat down in the electric chair that you were supposed to sit in. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He died to take the punishment that you deserve for your sin and to give you a second chance. Listen to what the Bible says of God. 1 John 4, 10 says, He loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Jesus died so we wouldn't get what we deserve to give us a second chance. And that, and that concept runs straight through all the way through Spider-Man No Way Home. We, we know the villains have done terrible things and continue to do them. We know what they deserve. We know that it would be easier. It would make total sense. It would be fair to just press the button and send them home to face what they deserve. But Spider-Man wants to give them a second chance. And you have to wonder, I wonder, is part of the reason Spider-Man has a heart for these villains because Spider-Man has been called a villain. He wasn't one, but he knows what it's like to be considered a villain. Which is interesting, right? Because Jesus, Jesus has a heart for us villains. And you wonder if maybe part of the reason is because he was called a villain. He wasn't one, but he knows what it feels like. So, uh, Spider-Man, like Jesus, uh, though he loses so much because of it, fights and continues to fight for these terribly flawed people instead of fighting against them. He believes, even in, in, in the, the, the midst of all their evil, that there is something to save, that, that there, there is a person worth saving, worth redeeming, to, to help them become what they were, what, what they were always supposed to be. And that's what Jesus does for us. He believes that you are worth saving. And so he offers you forgiveness and redemption so that you can become who you really are. And who you really are is someone who is a lot like Jesus. And just like Jesus offers forgiveness and redemption to others, we are to offer forgiveness and redemption to others. Like Aunt May says, that's who we are. That's what we do. We help people. Now, it's, it's not always easy. Uh, Peter Parker paid a price for choosing to give people a second chance. Because of it, he experiences enormous pain. And his pain, if you've seen the movie, his pain tempts him 
to, to stop being who he is. His pain tempts him to try to get revenge against an enemy instead of giving forgiveness and a second chance. But in the movie, he is um, he's surrounded by a community of support, and they won't let him. They help him to be true to who he is. And it's, man, it's the same for us. We are becoming who we are. And who we are, even if you don't feel like it sometimes, who we are is Jesus. We're, we're, more, we're going to become more and more like Jesus. P- people who offer forgiveness and redemption, but it's not always going to be easy for us. Let's be honest. I think of um, this lady who was involved in the sex industry here in Las Vegas, uh, and some women from Verve built a friendship with her. And she, she just kind of kept rejecting their love, rejecting their invitations to church, rejecting their, um, you know, they're trying to talk in, in gracious ways about Jesus with her. But then uh, she had a, uh, a drug overdose. And uh, her first call, she called the Verve women from the hospital. She said that she was ready. She's ready for Jesus. She's ready to change. She actually came to church that week. She said that she needed to go to rehab. She needed rehab, which made sense. Uh, but rehab cost a couple thousand dollars, and she had zero dollars. And so a bunch of us went to work putting together the money to send her to rehab. We, we, we contributed. We made phone calls. We raised the money. We sent her to rehab, and she went, and she stayed for like two days. And then she walked out of rehab, back to drugs, back to her old life. It was heartbreaking. And, and it, it makes you wonder, like you, you question, and is it, is it worth it? Is, is it worth it? I mean, do, do we just keep trying to save people? Yes, because it's who we are. It's what we do. It's what we needed. And now that we have received it, it's what we offer, even if it is hard, even if we pay a price. Are there uh, maybe some exceptions? Nope. No. But, but, but sometimes isn't it just too much, too hard to, to offer forgiveness and redemption? No. And that's the life we were made for, and we are becoming who we are. I love this verse in the Bible. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. It was, it was hard for God. Uh, he paid a great price to forgive you. But he did it. He did it for us. And because he did it for us, we do it for others. Elizabeth Morris is a woman from a small Kentucky town who two days before Christmas was sitting up waiting for her son, Ted, to come home from his job at the mall. Uh, This was several years ago. Um, He was in college. Uh, He had come home for Christmas break. He was working a temporary job over Christmas break to to make some extra money for school. Uh, He was late coming home that night. At 10.40 p.m., Elizabeth got the telephone call that all parents fear. Mrs. Morris, this is the hospital. 
your son has been in an accident. A 24-year-old man named Tommy Pagagi had been driving drunk. His blood alcohol level three times the legal limit. And he had crossed the highway's center line and smashed head-on into Ted's car. The, the drunk driver was only slightly injured, but 18-year-old Ted Morris, dead on impact. Elizabeth and her husband, Frank, were devastated. Ted was their only child. And then their anger only escalated when at the trial, their son's killer, Tommy Pagagi, was only given probation. Elizabeth says, man, that, that day, um, she, she would just replay it like mental videotapes of, of uh, him, him getting just probation like, like it was a horror movie. She wanted revenge. She says that she would fantasize about driving down the road, seeing Tommy walking along the sidewalk and driving off the road, driving him into a tree, and then just watching in agony as he lay there and died. She actually did spend a lot of her time trying to track Tommy, hoping she might catch him violating his probation so that he would be sent to prison. There was only one problem. Uh, Elizabeth and her husband, Elizabeth uh, was a Christian. And, and so she, she brought her feelings to God and, and she prayed about all of it. And, and, and she came to the realization that her heavenly father had also lost his only son. But on the cross, Jesus had said, Father, forgive them about the soldiers who had tortured and crucified him. And she realized that in a very real sense, she had put Jesus on the cross. Her sins had, and yet God had forgiven her. And she realized, she realized that she had to forgive Tommy. It's who we are. It's what we do. It's what we needed and now that we've received it, it's what we offer. And so she decided to offer forgiveness to the man who killed her only son. And she did. Check this out. She didn't just forgive him. She and her husband actually began to build a relationship with her son's killer. And after some time, they led Tommy Pagagi to faith in Christ. But because of their influence, in part because of their forgiveness, he decided to follow Jesus and become a Christian. They've actually kind of adopted Tommy as their son. Like he goes to church with them. He comes over every Sunday for dinner. They have taken in their son's killer as their son. And you, you talk about giving someone a second chance. And that's what God wants to do for you. He wants to adopt you as his own. Be your father. Give you a second chance. And he can redeem you. You can change. But you have to want to. And and when we're changed, when we say yes to God and receive that second chance, well, it's like we become people of the second chance, right? people who give second chances. We offer forgiveness and redemption to others 
because that's who we are. So let's pray. Um, let's pray together that we actually become that. Let's, let's pray. God, the, the reality is, whether we like to think about it, admit it, the reality is that, um, that there's some villain in each of us. When we see evil people in movies like Spider-Man, there's, there is some evil in us. We've all had thoughts, made decisions, hurt people. And your response to all that was to offer us forgiveness and a second chance. God, thank you. Thank you, God. God, would you help us uh, as people who have received forgiveness to offer forgiveness, as people who have received second chances to offer second chances. God, help us to become who we really are. I pray all these things. We pray that we become like Jesus and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.